This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey gang, big news in the world of We Hate Movies live appearances in this one. Well, you better get your holiday coat on because it's not happening until December. We're so excited. It's actually a hometown show for this Jersey boy. Only you. Jersey City's beautiful White Eagle Hall will be hosting the We Hate Movies podcast. And we're going to be talking about a Christmas movie, Eric Siska. What is that movie? Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) It is The Santa Claus, the original film. Not out of way. Is it original? Yeah, it's original. The first one. Tim Allen (laughs) finds a fatso, falls off his roof. Yep. yep, we're going to be talking all about it on December 7th, which is a day that will live in infamy at the White Eagle Hall. I mean, it, it incidentally lives in infamy. We, right. We're just we're to yeah. the side of it. We're adding to the infamy. Yeah, it's, just, exactly. it's more infamy because this will be uh, our debut in Jersey City. And this is what it's come down to, folks. Steve Sadak refusing to get on planes, mm-hmm. refusing right. to get a driver's license to help That's out right. with rent-a-cars. I refuse to get on a train for this show. I'm fucking right. walking. Oh I gotta walk to the venue. So I guess this is the new normal, gang. Only wherever Steve's <laughs> legs can carry him. But it's an awesome venue, and it's really close to the train. If you're like you're in the, in the city or if you want to drive in from Pennsylvania, wherever. Mm-hmm. Right, the path train's not too far, right? path train's a, a stone's throw away. A here. stone's throw, folks. Come on out the White Eagle Hall. That's right. Tickets are on sale now, so get them in advance. Get them fast. This is going to be a popular show. December 7th, White Eagle Hall, Jersey City, New Jersey. Tickets available right now at whmpodcast.com. It's Christmas time again. It's time to be nice to the people. Kicking back with a nice uh, cocktail here. Uh, oh, a couple of brewskis, a couple, couple of bros, a couple of tall glasses of water. It's nine in the morning. <laughs> yeah, well, we're on vacation, Eric, so we can do stuff like that, and it's socially acceptable. <laughs> but no, it's not. Oh, it sure is, baby. You could be a functioning alcoholic on vacation. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah, so that long as you're wearing cool. a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, wait, no, as long as they serve you eggs. Yeah, get as <laughs> fucked up as you want. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, so we are here uh, to just intro... Some stuff for you guys, because these aren't new episodes. They might be new to some people, though. They better be new. Yeah, these are old episodes that uh, we switched feeds uh, after the 103rd episode or something like that. Or oh, who, who could even recall? The first 120-some-odd episodes we've ever done are on our old archive feed, and you have to direct download them. And we always tell you to do that, but I know people don't like doing that. So it's cool to put these out on the main feed, and it also gives us a goddamn week off. Yeah. That's right. So uh, week one of our week off is uh, a, what 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 fans would deem a classic ep uh, with Batman Forever. I remember nothing about this. Yeah, and I will say that um, yeah. we, don't, we don't know 
you know, we don't remember everything that was said, and it was from years ago. <laughs> so if there's a problem with some type of joke in the episode, please get a tweet time machine. Then send it to 20-something. Yeah. Set right what once went We're wrong. all doing our best here. That's all anyone can ever exactly. do. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly I mean, right. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, we do probably at some point in this episode get on a high horse about never doing Batman and Robin. Yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was proven wrong. Yeah, but you know, we also called that out. Like, hey, man, uh, we know we said we'd never do this, but we also hey, did it for a live hey, show. Man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Oh, we're never going to do this, man. Oh, was it? I need smack money. <laughs> yeah, and I think I also was like, oh, you know, Marvel would never make a Captain Marvel movie. And like, I think I even talk about Donald Trump never becoming president. Oh, oh some fact like that, that. I'll, I'll never tip over 200 pounds, like all sorts of. <laughs> that scale's broken. <laughs> No, I'm not. So we're going to keep the scale moving as we eat and drink our way through this summer blockbuster break. Um, so thank you for sticking around for these summer months. And if you're listening to this for the first time, enjoy Batman Forever. It's not Batman and Robin. And I know that it, it probably blew some wigs off. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> not that this show is revolutionary, but I know like Batman and Robin is just... That's the kid in school you shouldn't be making fun of. You know yeah, what I totally. mean? It's just like that that that, he, that kid needs a ride from his parents every day. <laughs> that kid's already been driven to suicide. And th- <laughs> <laughs> we're just going up the list to who else is the weakest. <laughs> I mean, again, though, stuff that it's just been done to death. And you know what? I'm gonna put it out here right now. Cause I'm gonna rewatch Batman and Robin after we dealt with all this nonsense with this movie, right? Listen to what we have to say today and go back. And it's possible that Batman and Robin's the better movie, or at least on par with this one. I had my mind blown going back and watching this movie. I was like, you know what, man? I remember really loving it. I even said, and this is, you want to talk about stupidity of the year award. We're watching this movie. I say to my wife, Jim Carrey is the best part of this movie. (laughs) She looked at me like I had six fucking heads. It is unbelievable. He is obnoxious in this movie. I mean, and you know, this is, it's just like a lot of the bigger, you know, more memorable movies do. There's no reason to sit here and go through the entire movie. We all know what happens here. So we're just going to sort of pick apart the dumbest thing. So I'm fine with starting with Jim Carrey because this is Jim Carrey. This is 1995, the height of his powers. How much did he get paid? 20 million. I think it was a record at the time. I, that number was everywhere. Even as like a. A little 12 year old fat kid. I was all like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. That's so much cheese. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of clams. <laughs> hey, mom, Kim Carrey made $20 million. Can we go to McDonald's today? No. <laughs> Not till you clean your room, fatty. <laughs> I like how that would relate to you. Like it's trickle down. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's, nope. e- that's economics, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a big slice of that big Jim Carrey money. <laughs> I mean, there. in looking back now, by the way, like, what a mistake. You gave that man $20 million to do this to your movie. <laughs> I think they only did that just to hurt Robin Williams. Like, they just, not only were they not going to give him the role that he so desperately wanted, they're like, and we're going to give somebody the most money any actor's ever made. I mean, I think it's safe to say Robin Williams would have done a better job. Mm. He just would have. He, there's no way anyone could have done this worse. 
Um, yeah, I mean, at the same time, he's just going to be, I mean, I don't know, because Robert Williams is going to be jumping around, doing tons of, like, he's going to be like the the uh, genie in Aladdin or something. Uh, yeah, Robin Williamsing himself all through this movie. I see where you're coming like, from. Like, you give that guy a riddle and he'll give you a mile. <laughs> <laughs> I think, though... Joel Schumacher knew what he was getting out of Jim Carrey, and he got what he paid for. Like, he was like, I want this to be Jim Carrey's Batman. Like, it's not, like, he's just so outrageous and so outlandish, and it's at the expense of everything else about this movie. Not that there's much good here at all, but, like, everything else is just fucking jettisoned. Just so he could bebop and scat all over everybody. And it's not like the problem we were just talking about before we started tonight. Uh, it's not the problem of Batman Returns where it's Batman without Batman, mm. which I think is a huge issue in that movie. But, uh, you know, this Batman is around, but Jim Carrey is given equal time. And because of that, this is one of the longest feeling movies in human history. Also to be noted that Two-Face, which I think is maybe a more interesting character than the Riddler gets his origin told in like a half a second of TV footage and we get to walk <laughs> through the Jim Carrey origin yeah. you, for a while. Yeah, you walk through minute by minute by minute the like the it's him getting fired that it's like what kind of costume am I going to wear? What am I going to tell my mother? Like it just goes on and on. <laughs> it's him giving him his 2 weeks notice at Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> you see his goodbye party. By the way, his name is Edward Enigma. Is that what it is in the comics? Edward Enigma. Yeah, it's just It's one kind of, of uh stupid. Yeah, you can roll your eyes. It's kind of stupid. <laughs> okay. I'm just Like I'm... no human being would if your name was Edward Nigma, you would hate puzzles. Like, <laughs> well, I guess after a while you have to embrace it. I don't know. Like you're like, I just found out who I really am. But I think um, like that's I'm the com- thing. If you embrace it, you're destined to become a villain. Like if if you're like, What's listen, you know what? That? I'm not going to do a fucking puzzle, okay? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm Edward Nigma, whatever, and I love football and fucking chicks and drinking beer straight out of the keg. Like that's. <laughs> Oh, you see that Nigma is built like a brick shit house. <laughs> but maybe yeah, if I was Edward Nigma, I would be like Bill Brasky. <laughs> but maybe he's pushed to such a level that it's like, oh, you like puzzles? You like puzzles? How about you do a fucking puzzle? <laughs> I'm the Riddler now. <laughs> Man, and how like the little fortune machine from Big is helping him select his name? He it's- had a full on Riddler costume seven months before the the events of this movie. <laughs> and when he's trying to figure out what he's gonna look like, he's got he he's photoshopping a statue of Michelangelo's David with his head on it, putting on all the other costumes, and his little his little robot Big coin machine is telling him what to do. Like yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> It, like that is his version of one of those '80s like dress-up model uh, uh, montages. Oh yeah, totally. Also, what are the thumbs odds? Up, thumbs down. What are the odds, right, that he, Jim Carrey as Edward Nigma, is fitting into something that's been that's been sewn onto a puppet? Like, <laughs> well, and where do the pants come from? Why does this torso have pants you know, attached? You can to tell. It? No, it doesn't because it, it looks really bizarre in this movie. You watch after he gets that costume. He's got like a nice you know coat and hat that he got off the puppet and then he's just got like tights it's really weird looking it's like those you need like a full trousers with this yeah outfit. i mean you yeah. need something because it, it i mean there's a lot of fucking whoa whoa that's a little too much joel schumacher like a lot of just like some shots of 
some genitalia. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, and that, you know, and that's the thing. Like, everybody knows what's going on with the two Joel Schumacher Batmans. I mean, the first one of the, I think it's the first shot maybe is a is Batman's cod piece. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, if you're going down the shot list, like maybe eight. You know what I mean? Not counting all the like the opening credit graphics. It's like the eighth shot in the movie is a cod now, piece. Do you think that Joel Schumacher gave that off to the B unit, or he's like, oh, no, 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 no? I got, I got. No, he came in for work that day. Okay, <laughs> because that stuff has to be perfected. It's just everywhere, and it's mm-hmm. like every there's like Greco-Roman statues all over the place. It's it, there's yeah there's statues everywhere. There's so many muscly hunks. All over this movie, even statues. Do you think Tommy Lee Jones was like, no, you will not be showing my dick in this movie. Do you understand me? That's a terrible Tommy Lee Jones, but you guys get the idea. But, he was he was uncomfortable with having his crotch But Tom, Tom, uh, half of it's grotesque and huge. <laughs> it's not affecting his dick. It might as well. It's affecting his suit. It's got leopard print everywhere. And it's straight down his body. So it's the two-faced yeah. thing also, I mean, like, and I, I agree with you, Eric. I mean, I actually like just sort of most people's affinity for the Riddler comes from the 1960s Batman show because Frank Gorshin was so awesome. And he is like the most visually dynamic character on that show. And but two-faced as far as pathos and like actually writing a character that you might want to watch on a, on screen, he he has all the chops. And you put Tommy Lee Jones in there, you're like, all right. Like, if you're reading Wizard Magazine in 1994, <laughs> like some little fat kid. Super th- sweet. <laughs> oh, man, Tommy Lee Jones is going to be super gritty. <laughs> he almost caught that Richard Kimball. <laughs> <laughs> if he could catch Richard Kimball, he could totally catch Batman. <laughs> but, I mean, that's our... I, I put Mom, the- Tommy Lee Jones is going to be a Batman. Can we get to McDonald's now? <laughs> Go outside and play. Why is there a comic about U.S. Deputy Marshal Dar- Gerard going up against Batman? <laughs> I mean, I mean, talk about a fair fight. <laughs> do you think, Ma, do you think Joe Pantoliano is going to be his number one in this movie, too? <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> I don't love you. <laughs> I know nothing about my child. <laughs> That's a good point, though, Steve. I never thought about that. But Two-Face is, like, it's fine to make... The, the campy Batman come back, but Two-Face is the wrong villain to throw into the mix for that. Because if there's one character who's not suited for camp, it's the fucking darkest Batman character ever. Like, I think Two-Face is darker than the Joker. Hands down. I mean, he's grizzled to shit. And I mean, that's why, I mean, get ready for some Christopher Nolan uh, pats on the back, but that's what makes that... Aaron Eckhart, I mean, people complain about it. He's not in the movie enough. It's like a little bit too late in the game. But I think he comes in and he owns that movie. Mm-hmm. And it changes the game of that movie. Right. It absolutely does. And I mean, because that movie is the Joker's movie. It would be so stupid to try to shoehorn in another villain. And that's why I don't think that movie does that. Like, he's just there and it's kind of his own thing. And it, yeah, it doesn't last too long, which I mean, initially I'll admit I had a problem with, but you know, it's been what, five years since that movie, six years, whatever. Like, I'm totally cool with how little Two Face is in that movie. He's kind of a logical extension of the plot, which makes it much more interesting than like sort of this where Two Face just shows up at the beginning and he's just prancing about. Just like, uh, the first scene is this big, it's like the beginning of a stunt show. 
Like, it's just like, <laughs> he comes out, and he's like, all right, kiddies, where's Batman? And everyone's like, no, don't look behind you, Batman. It's Two-Face. And a big explosion happens, and then you go on the, the water ride. <laughs> it is like Indiana Jones the ride at Universal Studios. Like, look out, Indy, that sheik's got a sword. <laughs> he's that sheik. <laughs> so, yeah, Two-Face is robbing a bank, and we're introduced right away to... Two words, Pat Hingle. What is everybody's opinion about Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon? I don't know why it lasted this long. <laughs> like, really, they couldn't find another actor to portray Commissioner Gordon. In Batman 89, I was fine with it. And I, I mean, in general, I'm fine with it. But at this point, it's just like, what is he doing? He is, a, he is like the face of the ineptitude of the gotham police force he's just <laughs> he is lock stock and barrel like he doesn't even fucking get he doesn't let his guys go in until batman checks it out right which it's a big mistake <laughs> he's a real coward he is a real coward we see him in this movie in his pjs at one point like, like, that's, what's going on up here like so you know it's the scene where chase meridian nicole kidman's character turns on the bat signal to seduce batman to, into coming to the rooftop because she's a sex crazed lunatic in this movie for some reason and he comes up and he's got his little pork pie hat on and his fucking trench coat but his pjs are on he's like well i saw the signal what's up and you're just like oh go back to bed porky <laughs> i mean honestly batman's got a real puppet regime going on here and he's basically his other only other scene in the movie is when they do need batman and they turn the light on and then he just never shows up <laughs> oh we've got coming i guess i'll go to bed like what and what is that by the way he's like turn it off he's not coming how about why not dispatch some cops <laughs> you presumably still have a whole police department somewhere let's get some officers on the scene i gave the boys a night off <laughs> i gave the whole police department the night off do you have hawkman's phone number oh well <laughs> Guess we're doomed. So, Andrew, you just quickly mentioned Nicole Kidman's name in this movie, Blood Meridian. I mean, Chase Meridian. Yes. What is with that? Her her initial name was uh, No Country for Old Men. <laughs> it's uh, she's a fucking maniac in this movie because she really is. She breaks like she's a sociopath. She breaks into the the police department. And puts on the bat signal and is like, now I'm Batman's girlfriend. And she puts <laughs> lipstick all over her face yeah. over and over again. He's not he exaggerating. Like, this is honestly what happens. <laughs> Would you fuck me, Batman? I'd fuck me. She's crazy. She's a, she's a real loony too. It would have been a better movie if there was a turn in it where she became a villain. Yeah. You know, like, like, like she... She got into the sheets, and now she knows all the secrets. <laughs> what if she became Poison Ivy? Like, you could do that. Why not? But instead, she's just like this sleep psychiatrist she, who boxes in her office or whatever. She's a one-off girlfriend throwaway character. Yeah, There's no reason for her to be in, the, in this movie other than to add some heterosexuality and... <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he had to try his best to sort of even the ship a little bit <laughs> and to be cannon fodder that you know is never gonna get hit <laughs> so yeah exactly he nicole kidman's in this movie for the hey hey i got kids here like literally that <laughs> that's her purpose in this movie is for people not to storm out and be like wait now what the fuck i thought this was a batman movie <laughs> what, is there is there latent homosexual themes in a batman movie i won't hear i won't hear of it look i already watched my own private idaho by accident <laughs> this is a, a frank miller screening of the film. <laughs> 
I'm going to go work on my terrorist comic book. <laughs> Man, he what turned a... out to be a real secret racist. Huh? Oh, he sure did. A real secret everything. <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first Dark Knight uh, Returns is a great, great master of comic blah, blah, blah. And I'm a huge comic book fan. The second one, the whole purpose is to prove that Batman ain't no gay. Like, it's oh, just all yeah. about, like, Robin comes back and he's this little effet thing and he's like, oh, I never loved you anywhere, queer mode. He kills him. <laughs> I think that's the entirety of that comic book. Frank Miller's got some problems. <laughs> oh, sure he does. Uh, there's a really hilarious, like, nothing character in this movie that stuck out to me from the first time I saw this in the theaters. That fucking bank security guard in the opening scene. Love him. He's just officially movie history's biggest pussy. <laughs> he is, he lost out to Wayne Knight for everything except this. Do you think like he had just like a faster metabolism than Wayne Knight and he kept trying to like get fat so he could get all the Wayne Knight rolls? Why? All the Wayne Knight rolls. I mean, you know, but yeah, he probably lost out to Newman. No, he didn't. All right, Eric. He well, didn't no, no, no. I'm, I'm shaking my head at, at, at just the situation. We find <laughs> <laughs> he's just got some. He's got some really cartoonish lines. Like it's like like making this movie more like a comic book. The things that come out of this guy's mouth would be in like dialogue yeah. bubbles. Like it's boiling acid. <laughs> But he's just also got a hearing aid that Batman somehow uses to crack a bank vault. And he's like, he's not even that old. He's just, he's just a heavier guy with these glasses. And it's like, you look at this guy and then all of the lines he's given. And it's just like astonishing that anyone would hire him as a security guard. (laughs) Exactly. You should be, you should be a bank teller. Yes. Well, you know. If Pat Hengel can be the commissioner of the police department, I guess this doofus can be a bank security guard. And it's that kind of attitude that gets all these yahoos <laughs> running around Gotham blowing things up. Yeah, look at all these idiots in positions of power. Of course we could run this town. They just need to really like revamp their hiring process. <laughs> who's the boxing champion, Mike White? Like, what is this? a town full of cowards. Go- Gotham gets like a proper HR division in every company, and suddenly there's no real need for you anymore Batman <laughs> mm-hmm. speaking of Gotham in this movie and this whole scene so like the scene goes on blah 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 and uh, Two-Face flies his chopper into Gotham's Statue of Liberty oh man which I love because there's two things that could be true one we live in a world where there is no New York City and that's probably what it is and like Gotham stands for New York City but what I'd rather it be is that there's just this like chintzy town called Gotham somewhere, and it's got its own little fucking bed, like stat, some gaudy Statue of Liberty knockoff. It's like, uh, uh, like Gotham is New York City's Shelbyville. <laughs> well, isn't it supposed to be like, isn't there some theories about it being down by like Delaware and New Jersey? Oh, really? I yeah, I think I was reading, uh, Death in a Family recently, and towards the end of that book, uh, they have the old Robin coming back and he's with the Teen Titans in New York City. And it's like very much saying, no, Gotham is kind of like that, but a little different. Like, like they were talking about 42nd Street and 8th Avenue, like the Joe, no, 42nd Street and 2nd or 1st. And uh, Batman was like, oh, is that in, uh, oh, that's not Gotham. He's talking about New York. Like they both <laughs> I always get him so confused. There's so many 42nd Streets. <laughs> is that where I live or where everyone else lives? Another big theme in this movie is him 
revealing himself to be Batman, which kind of is in the other movies here and there. But this is where he's like, the only reason he's hanging out with this chick is to just tell somebody else that he's Batman. So you're saying the only reason he's getting into this relationship with this woman is to tell her this deep, dark secret that he can't tell anybody else, but he thinks at least this woman would probably be, uh, you know, he's not super interested in her romantically, but like just to be able to tell her this huge secret and then hopefully she won't judge him too badly. She's a psychologist. So maybe that's a good, good in. He's not going to tell Alfred what the problem is, mm-hmm. you know, because Alfred's raised him and he's worried that Alfred will disown him if Alfred should hear the things that he has to say. Yes, that's that's exactly what I think is happening. Here. By the way, one of the first times they really have a, a the proper Bruce Wayne scene with uh, Chase Meridian is he's <laughs> so going stupid. to her office and he hears uh, like sounds of a struggle from within her office. And he just busts, but he just bursts down the door. He just, he kicks down this gigantic, like 12 foot high castle door that exists. <laughs> the world's greatest detective, everybody. Like, yeah. I'm just going to ram down this door. And he's, he's Bruce Wayne and he rams down the door. And it turns out she just has a, um, a punching bag, a punching bag in her office. And she's just looking at him like, what is this idiot doing? And he's just like, oh, well, I'll buy you a new door. <laughs> he's kind of a mimbo in this movie. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with it being played by Val Kilmer. Like, I love Val Kilmer. Don't get me wrong. Like, direct-to-DVD contemporary Val Kilmer, not so much. But, you know, a lot of great stuff has been a part of Val Kilmer's career. Speaking of recent Kilmer, I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, Herzog's uh, uh, Bad Lieutenant. He's good in that movie. Yeah. He is. He's done like 19,000 movies with 50 Cent at this point, though. And I'm like, <laughs> they're kind of just all the same thing. Are they just best pals? How does that work? I don't know. Same dealer. <laughs> that very well could be. And uh, agent, I guess. I'm sure there's dual roles. But, uh, yeah, he's just, uh, that's kind of Val Kilmer's thing. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's very vacuous in this movie. I mean, it's one of the, like, everybody kind of, uh, shits on the Batman franchise because, or at least this Batman franchise is because each movie is more about the villain than it is Batman. Right. And this, no more so than this movie. Like, he is just, he's got nothing to do, but he may relay his origin story again. Yeah, he doesn't have, there's no problems other than the problems we've seen him have, which is dealing with his parents' death and really wanting to tell somebody that he's Batman. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, cause he's, he's trying to mentor Robin and, you know, deal with all of Dick Grayson's, you know, the death of his parents and he wants to get revenge by killing Two-Face and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, 60% of this movie is just the Jim Carrey show. Hands down, you know. So yeah, he's hands down. (laughs) (laughs) He's just got nothing to do in this movie. Well, speaking of that, uh, going back a little bit, just a little bit, uh, with Chase Meridian when they're on that rooftop initially, Batman and her, and she's all got the hots for him, and he like tells her that the bat signal is not a beeper, and like he basically tells her like if you have like a thing for men in uniform, go go fuck the fire department. (laughs) Like it's literally laid out there that clearly. Man, there is nothing. There is no better way to let a woman down by telling her to go fuck the fire department. You know what? Honey? Go fuck the fire department. It'll buy me a week. <laughs> Although I don't know in this fucking town. Like if she is gonna go fuck the fire department, it's a bunch of like idiots down there. Every authority figure in this town is just stupid. Yeah, everything burns to the ground. 
Oh, is Batman going to put a fire out? Wait, wait, Lou. We're supposed to stop fires? Oh, no. I thought you said start fires. I did it again. Fahrenheit 451. We've been dancing around a bit uh, with throwing the name Robin out there. And it's such a bad introduction to a really important character. Like, if, you're, yeah. if you want to make the Batman movie where you introduce Robin, I mean, that hasn't happened yet, actually, or hasn't been done well yet. Anyway, you just you start from, from point one is that relationship. Is scene one, it's the circus, which this movie could totally start at the circus. Yeah. Exactly. Just, like, pick it up. Carry it to the front of the line and drop it back in the timeline. Honestly, just snip everything before because it really doesn't matter. It's forty minutes of bad car chases and and and, and like and Jim Carrey hoo ha and all over everybody. <laughs> I mean, this movie's a little over two hours. Oh yeah, it, it is, is. No, and it's ridiculous. And it, it feels really weighed down, and you don't even hear, you don't even hear that the circus is coming to down to town. You know what I mean? It's like thirty five minutes in, we we get there, and we're like, oh yeah, that's right. I, I thought I heard about Robin in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, he was all over those trailers. Wait, where's Robin? Who's this 35-year-old man? <laughs> That's another problem. I mean, what are we doing? Like, why is it an old... I mean, Chris O'Donnell's not old in this movie, but he's not what Robin should be. You know what? Honestly, 1995, you know who would have met a, a great Robin then? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Like he was, he was the age to be Robin then. Like that totally would have worked. I think that sitcom was still maybe a few years off. I don't know the dates on Third that. Third Rock, Rock from the, the sun. sun. I think it was already on the air. It was in '95. I don't remember, but I mean, like you know, he was around. He was alive. A, a kid, a twelve th- to yeah. fourteen year old kid. That's what, but for whatever reason, this movie is like, oh, well, that's because there is that you know, obviously, like well, we don't need to go to. to all of the psychological problems of Batman, but it's a little weird to like, you know, uh, you know, adopt a kid and put him into danger. But it's a lot weirder to adopt a twenty-five-year-old man, right? I mean, yeah. I, I guess I don't know that they say adopt so much in yeah. this movie, but it is like he's just going to hang out there for domestic a domestic partnership. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thing, the thing about Robin is like you have like Batman is. He's agile and stuff, and he's but he's big and like Robin's like this. This he's it's for dexterity and speed and yeah. agility. And then why do you just cast this guy that's just like oh he's a meaty hunk? Like he, that's he's that's kind what of it is. almost. I mean, he's definitely the same size as Val Kilmer, and he might actually be more muscular. I mean, Robin would have to be pumping iron in this mansion quite a bit. Well, no, he's a, he's a great trapeze artist. Him, his mother, his brother. And you know what, what's great about trapeze is, you know, the stronger you are, the just the better you are at it. And you know karate, too. It, 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 it teaches you karate. Uh, it sure does. Uh, he, by the, he's yes. got a brother named Mitch in this movie, which I got. No, it's the most ridiculous thing. It's a comic book. Mitch Grayson? Pro- Mitch Gra- hey, Mitch Grayson. Hey, Mitch Grayson, nice to meet you. <laughs> well, you know, he's yeah. not long for this world, so I guess it's fine. Oh, the dead meats, the flying dead meats. Hi, hi, I'm Mitch Grayson, the uh, the one no one remembers that died that day. <laughs> Thanks a lot for the no flowers. I'm the, I'm the ghost of Robin's brother. <laughs> That's a great comic series, Eric. I want you to write that. I, I will. <laughs> the ghost. I mean, that would be, that's something that, you know, the comic book universe could totally do, right? Like, 
you know, you didn't know this, Dick, but before you came around, I was in the flying Grayson's. <laughs> I didn't have the luck to die in a panel. I was just <laughs> off panel. <laughs> oh, yeah. How could you forget Mitch? Oh, yeah. He died off panel. <laughs> They boxed me out, Dick. They boxed me right out of the whole fucking franchise. The only box they gave me was a pine one. <laughs> but I mean, it's the it's the it's the Robin origin story, except it's Two Face doing it. Uh, and Ooh, the movie begins. I mean, you know, excuse my Batman ignorance, but is it the Joker that does it? No, who's it's, killing? Just gangsters? Just a gangster. I see. Uh, Tony Zuko for all these. Uh, Oh my god, do you think Tony Zuko is gonna be in the movie, Ma? Do your homework, please. <laughs> I've gotta be totally honest with you, Steven. I couldn't possibly care less about your Batman. <laughs> when, when, when I was talking about the Chase Meridian scene meeting meeting with Bruce Wayne, there's a great moment in there like he he sees an ink blot, like a Rorschach ink blot on her wall and says, Oh, you got a thing for bats, huh? And she's like, That's a Rorschach. I mean, I guess you got a thing for bats. And he's just like, I'm not Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing in this movie. He's really terrible at hiding that he's totally Batman. It's so obvious. But also, this this Rorschach's a little fixed. It's a fucking bat. Like it's, it's totally a bat. Like wait, that's. Wait, are, you, are you guys Batman? <laughs> we're no, co- we're collectively Batman. <laughs> Steve, you hop on his shoulders. <laughs> You guys awkwardly fight crime. <laughs> if Steve was on my shoulders, we'd still be too short for Batman. <laughs> the best part is, speaking of like telling people you're Batman, like so we're at the circus. For some reason, it's being televised. Like GNN, the bullshit CNN is like, now we bring you this special broadcast of the circus going not wrong. And like everything's <laughs> fine. Why would you broadcast the circus? Especially when it's Gotham City. People are murdered every five minutes. Like it's a war zone. It's supposed to be a war zone. That's why we need Batman. Why is it fluff pieces about the circus coming to town? Broadcasted from beginning all the way to the end. Do you think it's because it's maybe it's like uh, it's kind of like the Soviet Union, right? And like everything's so fucking horrendously miserable that they're like, oh, the circus is coming down. We'll broadcast that on state run news organizations (laughs) to pep up the morality of the shit. Yeah. Bear on a unicycle cheer him up, right? They didn't eat today, but a bear on a unicycle would bring a smile to anyone's face. Hey, Ivan, what's better than potatoes? Bear on a unicycle. (laughs) Two-Face bursts into the circus and, you know, takes everybody hostage. He's got a big, dumb, a big old bomb. And he's like, all right, everybody's hostage. And he's like, unless Batman shows himself. And everyone's yelling. And, like, Valkyrie's like, Harvey, I'm Batman. And no one hears him. Like, at least Nicole could be like, wait, did you say you're Batman? Like, she's right yes. there. She totally hears it. It's ridiculous. If I yelled out, I'm Batman at a rock concert, everyone around me in the radius is going to turn to me. He's like, why the fuck that guy say he's Batman? <laughs> Man, that guy is totally ruining this iron and wine concert. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming about being Batman. Harvey, I'm Batman. <laughs> All right, that's you know, that what- would improve that iron and wine concert. <laughs> All right, anyone who goes to a folk show, yell out Harvey, I'm Batman. And if, and if you, if you're wise enough, someone could play the mayor and yell, what the hell do you want, Harvey? 
that guy is the best part of that movie. You, you know that if he didn't have all of his city hall cronies <laughs> holding them back, he'd stop Two-Face on his own. It is a no-bullshit, tough-as-nails, like, from-hard-knocks kind of doodle. Hell you want, Harvey? <laughs> like, yeah, that guy is going to take care of business. That one shouting at the mayor... That just got him another term. Like so they're in the voting booth in November. They're like, "All right, you're like this guy's got a good tax plan." But remember when the mayor stood up to Two Face votes? Hey, Harvey, I'll wipe that smile off your face, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Commissioner Gordon is under a fucking chair, sh- chattering like fucking Sylvester the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, just take whatever you want, do It's my ridiculous Pat Hingle impression. It's close enough. So Bruce Wayne doesn't really do anything in this moment, even though he is Batman. Robin kind of steps up and saves the day. Yeah, there's a bunch of carnies that are like, well, Batman's not here, so I guess we'll fucking take care of this bomb. Everybody. You know how many times those carnies ran afoul of, like, hillbilly hostage situations? <laughs> and, like, I'm sure a lot. Like some people's just like, yeah, we're taking that zebra now. <laughs> Samson peers out from a curtain. He's like, oh no, I better tell management. And he runs away. <laughs> Someone get this to Mitch. <laughs> Man, I miss Carnival. I've been rewatching it. It's a great show. Oh, really? Yeah. I bought oh. the D- we got the DVD for real cheap. Re- oh man, that was. You want to talk about some unfortunate cliffhangers. Mm. Wish there was an unfortunate cliffhanger in this movie. But instead, Mitch and the gang get murdered. <laughs> and it's kind of the only moment in the movie of like any kind of realistic violence. Because you got to figure, right? Two-Face has this huge Tommy Lee Jones Tommy gun, right? <laughs> and he's firing wildly up at these people. They're getting sprayed with these fucking bullets. Like, this movie wants to keep it PG-13, but I'm capable of using my imagination. So not only do they fall from, like, the highest point in this Gotham Coliseum, they're filled with fucking holes when they get to the floor. That's an awesome idea for uh, capital punishment, isn't like a firing squad, but you line them up on the ceiling. Bullets don't kill you the fall, Will. You're just making sure they're really dead. (laughs) That's a carny execution. (laughs) It's a carny (laughs) court-martial. For betraying carny kind, (laughs) you've been sentenced to ceiling fire. (laughs) Also, why is it Dick Grayson just the least bit grody? Like, he's living the carny life real hard. He's he's already 30, you know? Like, totally. Like, you see that Mr. Grayson, and he's got some really seedy sideburns. <laughs> and I mean, Mitch... That's an open relationship. Oh, Don't worry yeah, about it. Absolutely. The bearded lady has been visited. <laughs> By both of them. <laughs> but yeah, like, Chris O'Donnell, like, the grodiest thing about him is he's got a really dumb earring. And I remember that being a thing when the movie came out too. Like, oh, Robin's got an earring. Here's the problem with this Robin. We're do, you know, we we we're we're trying to make this movie cool and hip for the kids. So you want this to be uh, nerdy about the Tim Drake Robin, the kind of badass, you know, take take no prisoners, you know, like smart, like sarcastic Robin, which they kind of try to make him, but they cast Chris O'Donnell, the most gee whiz golly willikers, totally. <laughs> You know, like, you need somebody with any kind of edge to him. Which, I mean, could have been Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I mean, you know, he's a much better actor now than he was when he was a little kid, obviously. And maybe then, 
Is that what the problem is? Like at the end of the day, you can have your little Dick Grayson in the comic books and you can make him act and talk however you want. But the problem is when you're trying to bring that to a live action, big screen type thing, it's going to, if you're, if you cast him too young, it's just precociousness and nobody needs to deal with that. You, you know? don't want, you don't want Jake Lloyd in a Batman and a Robin costume. Oh exactly. God. And I mean, you know, Burt Ward was like 25 or whatever. <laughs> he was <know>. 41. <laughs> so I guess the whole, like the thrust of this movie is the, uh, the Riddler teams up with Two Face again to just figure out who Batman is, which it's like, how many times is that the threat? Like, I'm going to do something unless Batman is outed. Here's the bargain. You will help me steal production capital so I can put a box on every TV in town and become Gotham's cleverest carbon-based life form. And in return, is everybody paying attention? I will help you solve the greatest riddle of all, the mother of all riddles. Who is Batman? Apparently, all you have to do is like talk to every rich person in town. Eventually, you talk to Bruce Wayne, and you just be like, "No, no, I'm not Batman." What are you? Uh, (laughs) That's not. I didn't see a bat there. What are you talking about? I was just. I was just saying uh, that Batman's something, huh? And then you just said, "Oh, I'm not Batman." (laughs) I like the idea that Bruce Wayne's going to parties talking about Batman. Oh God, which is exactly what I would do. You see how awesome Batman took care of all those robbers last night? Like, that was fucking amazing, right? I remember watching all about it on GNN when I was home at Wayne Manor. Yeah, if I was Bruce Wayne, I'd be throwing around national treasure quite a bit. <laughs> that, that Batman, am I right? So, I mean, the the Riddler's whole thing is, you know, he and there's kind of, like, there's almost a good take on the Riddler here where, like, He's weirdly and like this is as gay as the movie lets itself be, but it it ne- and that's the thing. I'm not saying like, oh man, movies, movies, movies for homos. No, make go for it, make it as gay as you want. Like, mm-hmm. take it there because like that's what the Riddler's whole thing is. He's in love with Bruce Wayne. Like he's he wants to be him. He wants absolutely. to absolutely like, and like even Chase Meridian says like, oh you know he just wants to, he has to purge the you know the 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 desire or whatever. And it it, it it's dark, but it just never gets there because you've got like. Jim Carrey just, you know, farting all over the place. <laughs> he is just thrusting his hips from reel to reel and, to reel of this movie. Andrew, you made a great point before we uh, press record here. Is he kind of looks like Ziggy Stardust as yeah, this? He definitely Riddler. does. And, and that's an it's an interesting thing. Oh. The Bowie comparison because much like Bowie. He's got like five different outfits in this movie. Yeah. Like, you know what? Jack Nicholson put on the fucking purple tuxedo and that was the Joker. Danny DeVito put on his disgusting tuxedo and he was the penguin. The Riddler's going through costumes, I mean, baby. I mean, this Two-Face is terrible, but at least it's consistently terrible. <laughs> Man, Velvet Go- Batman Forever as Velvet Goldmine just totally signed me jerk up. it off to the album of the Riddler. <laughs> I would, I and would his working love that. class father catches him. You know, that's a soundtrack I would buy. <laughs> you know, like you uh, two and Seal and God knows who else. Uh, I don't know if I need to own it. <laughs> I kind of own this soundtrack. It was it was on a compact disc. I mean, that was all the rage back in those days. It totally was. But that, I mean, you're totally right. And that's what winds up happening in this, in this movie too, is he tries to, 
you know, because at the start of the movie, Edward Nigma's like this nothing Kathy cartoon that, you know, <laughs> he works for, he works for Wayne Enterprises and he's just a shitty scientist and he's invented this whole thing that he calls the box, which is you can see into people's brains when you put this fucking little dildo on your head and it's fine. And as it looks he becomes, like a blender. It, it parts, that's what's weird, right? Parts of the box, like you see the box in different iterations. Sometimes it looks like a blender. Other times it looks like a big dildo. Like, I don't know what's going on here, but he uses this to become like his own huge mogul self to rival Bruce right, Wayne. He like wants to suck all like the intelligence out of others, I guess. Or Great like- cameo here by uh, Ed Begley Jr. as mis- doing his best Mr. Mooney impression. <laughs> <laughs> He's just down talking to him the whole time. It's oh, great. you'll be you're, you're two minutes late, Nick. <laughs> And but even you, that, right? Like that's supposed to be because because that's the first turn of Edward Nigma becoming a villain is that he uses this machine on Ed Begley Jr. and then murders him, right? And you're like, all right, well, this is a really dark, t- you know, turn for this character. But unfortunately, because he's Jim carrying all over the place, even that is like he drops him out a window, and you're like, wow, that's fucking brutal. But then it has to be followed up with this. form but a little rough on the landing he may have to settle for the bronze (laughs) i don't need the phrase big kahuna uttered anywhere inside the gotham city limits and also it's the jim carrey thing why do one joke when three will suffice it's surfs up big kahuna that's a joke that it's like ooze you know, bad stick on the landing. Now we're in the Olympics all of a sudden. Yes, He'll exactly. have to settle for the, the bronze. And I feel like that's also why, Eric, I think you're right. It probably, let's just be realistic, would have been just as bad with Robin Williams. It, would have, it might have been six. But again, <laughs> though, that is the fault of the editing. Like, I'm sorry. I know he was the biggest fucking thing in the 90s. But let's just keep it to one line. Just pick the one that's your favorite, <laughs> and that's the one he says when he drops him off a waterfall. Can we talk about when he goes to visit Two Face for the first time and they team up? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the most obnoxious scene in the movie. It's, <laughs> it takes place in Two Face's lair, which is, of course, decorated completely different on each side. <laughs> oh, man. Why not just a hideout, Joel Schumacher? <laughs> Because it's Joel Schumacher. Well, I just answered my own question. This movie, interior decorating, you do the math. So. <laughs> the math? Well, the you do the math. <laughs> I'm going to sit you here want, and do you the want math. Keep it to yourself, you know? Whatever you want to do in the privacy. <laughs> anyway, so the Riddler shows up and Two-Face is pissed off about it. But first off. Two Face is preparing for dinner, and that's really the reason to. (laughs) This is the reason to bring this up. Yes. So you got Drew Barrymore playing uh, Sugar, which is like the nice, like his non grotesque normal side of his face. That's the wife. He's got two faces, so he needs two wives. So his other wife is is Deb. What was her name? Debbie Mazar. Yeah, and she's like the the grotesque side that has like. Uh, you know, like black furniture and like red shag carpets around. When she's spice, by the way, I believe that's how oh, that works. Sugar and spice. Yeah, see what happened there. And then Harvey is everything nice. <laughs> he says every night. But what is like? 
what, what, what kind of conversation is that? That's just like, well, I got two faces. I need, I need two, two women to pleasure me every night and two, two women to cook me dinner, which I guess I flip a coin and decide what I'm going to eat. It's just such a waste of resources, right? Like, you know, you're a villain and I guess you're kind of successful if you're two faced. You got this big fancy hideout and whatnot, but like, let's cut down on the grocery bills a little bit. Someone just make him a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she's, and Drew Barrymore is like, oh, it's fucking yada yada with little itty bitty quail eggs on it and blah, blah, blah. And Debbie Mazar is like, here's a boar's heart with cigarettes on it. You're just like, both of those things are kind of expensive in their own way. Like quail eggs are pricey and the tax on cigarettes, forget it. But he flips, he doesn't flip the coin and say which one he's going to eat. It's which one he's going to eat first. So he's eating two dinners every night. He's not a fucking cow. Piece. He doesn't have more than one stomach like a cow. He's just got a scar on his face, everybody. How about this? A 300 pound Harvey Dent. Why not? That'd be fun to watch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, why is he not morbidly obese? <laughs> I eat six square meals a day. <laughs> and it's like the the uh, the idea of Two Face becomes warped because like the rest of his face is getting bigger and the non like non scarred parts are on scarred parts. It wasn't even acid or anything. It was just like the way his fat was and the gout. <laughs> he was just a guy that got too fat. It kind of got got raw up in there. So. Tommy Lee Jones is, and this is kind of, I think, how every scene in this movie went. Tommy Lee Jones is trying to have a nice scene, and then Jim Carrey shows up and screams in his face. Tommy Lee Jones fires a gun right at Edward Nigma's face. And that was the actor, too. Like, he was just pissed <laughs> off about how the scene was going. And he, and like, he doesn't command the scene because then Jim Carrey has to scream his fucking head off. And that's what's so stupid, right? Is like, Tommy Lee Jones is trying to be like, for whatever the final product was, he really, really is trying to be, like, insane, dastardly, dangerous, dark, whatever. I mean, it's very, it's, it's a real mustache twirler, you know what I mean? Like, he's just villainous. Exactly. And it's like, it's like a Looney Tune. It's like, he's doing the villain thing, and then Bugs Bunny comes up and spits in his face, because he doesn't <laughs> take him seriously. Like, he's like, oh, you, you come in, you break into my lair, into my home, you ruin my dinner, you, you make all these demands. Man's, and he's like got the he's brandishing this pistol and then jim carrey is just like whoa, 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 whoa. and like and that's it and he's just like shot back down again so much so that by the time this movie is in full swing two-face who is the better villain who is the more dastardly man is just like the muscle he's just the idiot grunt to jim carrey's you know riddler genius he takes the marching orders and like it would be cool if like at the end, he kind of twists on him like he's like, you know, you know, I, I was only doing it for my own ends or something. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, should yeah. be like a power struggle. Like towards the end, like Harvey Dent should be like, you know, like we've gotten this far. Time to take him out, right? Like, yeah, just like, yeah, I'm sick of taking orders for you. Maybe he just murders him out of the out of nowhere. He just blows Jim Carrey's head off. God, that would be great. And then just takes over and then like sits in the in the giant mind chair. It's just like right in the middle. The Riddler's like humping something, and then he just blows his brains out. But he's the, talking out of his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he just shoots him in the head. <laughs> and you know what, the Riddler. Is supposedly getting smarter throughout the entire movie, but never figures out to shut the fuck up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. think, read a book, you know, like just, <laughs> just quiet down and listen to people and maybe you'll learn something, Nigma. <laughs> Not to get too much more into Robin again, but there's one like little scene that is just, I just have to mention and talk about. 
Alfred and Robin are doing laundry together. <laughs> oh, God, extreme laundry. And yes, it is very extreme laundrying because Robin is basically doing uh, martial arts laundry. It's like a some type of detergent kata. <laughs> <laughs> He's like flipping around socks. It's the skill of karate with the cleanliness of soap products. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25. And for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction. and didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time. And the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now. Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you could lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the Rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. I don't know. It's just it's so stupid when people magically know karate. Like that's something you either get on board with or you don't in the Buffy show. Yes. Like, you know, every vampire and every monster's got amazing fighting abilities. And it's kind of the same thing here. Like Robin is just a karate master for no reason. And his whole thread is, you know, like he doesn't want to live with Bruce Wayne, even though you know, this guy's thrown all sorts of money at him and but you know, 
eventually he's like, hey, I got a bunch of cars. He's like, yeah, I guess I'll live with you, pervert. You know, and like, <laughs> that's fine. And, but it's not good enough for him. Like, all he has to do is sit around this house and just lounge around and be depressed because his family's dead. Yeah. But like, the, and I'm sorry, the bat, the entrance to the bat cave is as such in this movie. It's a little <laughs> closet right next to the front fucking door of Wade Manor mm. that has a ricket that's got a good lock on it. And it's got, it's a spinning uh, closet that has a, a silver tray in it. Like that's it. Yeah, that's where they keep the silver. That's that's why little boys like you, Robin, have to be kept out. <laughs> like I'm sorry, you live in a house that has a name. Put the hidden room somewhere in another wing. That's not right off the foyer. <laughs> like it's so stupid. It looks so much like a coat closet. You'd have to open that door. And I mean, yeah, Dick Grayson is a bit of an asshole for being like, "Hey, Al, what's in there?" Which, by the way, he calls him Al throughout this entire movie, and you can fucking keep it. But he's like, you know, oh, hey, Al, what's behind this door? And he's like, well, "It's just the silver, Master Grayson," and 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 whatnot. He is a dick for breaking it down, but at the same time... You're a house guest. Yeah, I mean, it, it's shitty, but it's not that shitty, because he's honestly like, well, this door's right in the front. I mean, I don't, is it a bathroom? Listen, please tell me if there's a bathroom oh, here. It would make things a lot easier. I'm sorry, do you own Wayne Manor? <laughs> then why don't you shut the fuck up before you get back to the circus? <laughs> also, if you want to keep people out, don't tell them the silver is in there. Like, say that, like, put it in, the, in like a bad bathroom. It's, it's an out of, it's an out of order bathroom. You don't want to go in there. That and is... Harriet died on that toilet. <laughs> That's where Master Wayne raises his skunks. <laughs> and... The skunk closet. Every chateau has one. And Harriet, by the way, uh, from the 1960s show, which was also another like, you know, like, oh my god, two guys in a house and an old, and an old British man watching them do things. Like, we need to figure out a way to make this not gay. Oh, I got it. They live with their aunt. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a patch on that problem. <laughs> Good job, television writers. <laughs> Basically, the way the Riddler scheme works is that he invents the 3D television. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's terrible because on top of all your HD receivers, it shoots out this green ooze that goes back to his lair. And you can see it in the air, by the way. What the <laughs> hell is that about? Yeah, why is no one like, hey, man, what's that shit flying out of everyone's apartment window and going off to some island that is very visible in Gotham Harbor? I don't care how good the 3D is. That's that's a, that's sight pollution. <laughs> I don't want to walk pollution. down the street and see your goddamn green streak because you got to get your fix of your, your rotten TV box. Well, that's the thing. and that, <laughs> There's nothing I hate more than dumb movies making fun of television. Uh-huh. Because it's yeah. just like, it's like, get off your fucking high horse Batman forever about television. <laughs> like, you know, and it's 1995. We haven't reached the quote-unquote golden age of television yet, but there was plenty of smart TV on. A lot smarter than Batman forever. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right. I can't stand those, like, fucking empty criticisms like that. It's so stupid. Uh, the other thing that no one seems to be concerned about, like, wouldn't you think you're, you're like, you bring this thing home from fucking Gotham City Best Buy, right? And you're like, here we go. I'm finally going to set up the box, blah, blah, blah. And you turn it on. You're like, all right, let's tune in to whatever's on tonight. And green lasers shoot into your forehead, and then another green stream of fucking Ghostbuster ooze is flying out your window. Isn't anyone stopping to be like, one, is this hooked up right? Should this be happening? And two, 
if this is working right, what are the odds of brain cancer here? 101%. (laughs) (laughs) I think the Riddler is ultimately successful in the end because everyone in Gotham City contracts brain cancer. Yeah, when you turn it off, does 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 the ectoplasm just keep going, or does it fall to the ground instantly? Because <laughs> your cleanup is a bitch. Now. <laughs> it's just, and it, you know, it's all like seesaw music. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? I mean, I thought this was, you know, I thought I was watching something here. <laughs> Danny Elfman, is it supposed to make this noise the whole time I'm watching this? <laughs> What's this awkward, what's this eerie score happening whenever I turn my TV on? I mean, your invention's great, Edward, but it only plays Ed Wood movies. <laughs> all I hear is theremins. <laughs> Damn it, I was going to say that. There's theremins everywhere. This can't be hooked up right. Also, isn't Gotham City, like, you know, I know Gotham City's got the elite motherfuckers and all that shit, but isn't the majority of Gotham City, like, tragically poor? Why are we spending all this money on ridiculous television excesses? So I don't have to look at them. <laughs> I guess. And also, Edward Nigma makes the nuts and bolts of this while he's an employee of Wayne Enterprises. Bruce Wayne's got a pretty sweet non-compete suit coming up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That could have put them stopped the movie dead in its tracks. I mean, we, a, a, a nice fat lawsuit would put something into this Riddler thing. Because you're completely right. <laughs> he developed that technology working for Wayne Enterprises. And now, all of a sudden, he goes out on his own, releases it. It's a success. He throws this grand ball, invites Bruce Wayne as a big old fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best scene in the movie where he's just like, oh, hey, Bruce Wayne, do you like my big fancy party? Mm. And like, this is what we're trying again to do. Like, oh, you know, remember that thing where he was obsessed? Like, no, I, I just remember Jim Carrey yelling about like pretending to be a game show host for way too long. <laughs> but like he like dresses like Val Kilmer. He gets a mole. He's like, how's my mole or whatever? It's like, oh, that's kind of fun. But this scene goes on forever and it turns into these stunts in this movie. And I, I think this is kind of a problem that I'm finding out with like, Especially movies that were filmed before that are now on Blu-ray, like yeah. you can really see these stunt actors shine. Like there is some, there is a. I think Bruce Campbell was his fucking was Val Kilmer's stunt man. This guy's got a chin on him. I would love if Bruce Campbell was actually Val Kilmer's stunt double. What a treat that would be! Because I bet you he's got some great stories about how everyone was annoyed by Jim Carrey on this set. Bruce Campbell's the number one reason I've almost watched Burn Notice. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he was uh, doing the stunts for this. I was like, oh, all right, Val, I got to get back to the set of uh, Briscoe County Junior. Because <laughs> that's, that's something that's going to live for years. <laughs> Good luck with your Batman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kilmer, syndicated television. Think about it. And he just walks away. <laughs> There's also a great moment, uh, speaking of people being annoyed on set by Jim Carrey in this movie, where... Uh, Bruce Wayne goes into like the the little trial area to test out the box and wants to see what it's all about. And it's really Batman just doing some detectiving about you know what, what Edward Nick was up to. Detective, <laughs> exactly. And uh, <laughs> so in the meantime, to distract you know from what's going on, uh, Jim Carrey starts dancing with Nicole Kidman, and he is. It's so great. It's the most amazing contrast of two performances. She's trying to sexily, like, I don't know, tango or whatever the fuck, and he is just Jim Carrey dancing, and you can just see the look on her face being like, 
You're putting a new bathroom in your house. You're putting a new bathroom in your house. Just just keep thinking about the paycheck. Tom said I had to. Tom said I had to. <laughs> Tom keeps saying I'm not clean. Tom keeps saying I'm not clean. <laughs> but it's just she looks so fucking pissed. And you know what? I don't blame her. <laughs> no, it's 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 irritating. Everything he does is irritating. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking back on the circus for a second. It's just it's a side thought I had. And it's stupid, but do you think the the clowns that were hired for this Gotham Circus are just like expats from the Penguins gang from the previous movie? Oh, all if you're in the circus or if you work at a bar, you are just like waiting for the 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 goon draft of the year. You know what I mean? Like who who's who's gonna take me this year? You know, you you, you start bulking up like oh I'll get Mister Freeze's gang, and then you get you get the Mad Hatter, and you're like shit. It's, it's, it's like the Mad Hatter. It's like in the old west when some guy rides into the town like we're forming up a posse. Come on, come on, come on, let's go. We're gonna we're gonna go get them <laughs> and then you know you you wouldn't go to watch paint dry <laughs> so you go the other great bit of business about this circus and then we can stop talking about the shitty gotham circus but there's a line when uh bruce is trying to convince dick to stay at wayne manor and you know he's getting on his little motorcycle and he's gonna drive off and val kilmer says something about like the circus is probably halfway to Metropolis right now, which, like, I appreciate a little Superman reference. I know some, some other people in this room don't. That is what I call the elbow nudge moment. And that's the yeah. moment so where Harry Knowles can elbow nudge whoever's next to him. It's just that little, it's like what fucking, Wait. you know, you, you mentioned Henry McCoy in an X-Men movie, and everyone's like, eh, yeah. eh. And like, yeah. People were willingly next to Harry Knowles. <laughs> I hope not. But I have—I mean, maybe it's not to anybody. But he—he just reflexively elbowed not just to nothing. <laughs> How many people in this movie besides me know that that's Superman's town? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this is what's great about that moment, though. It is not even twenty-four hours after three of their coworkers are butchered, and this circus is like, you know what? The show must go on. But fuck it, we're packing it up and going to Metropolis. We'll find three other high-flying carnies. <laughs> along the way <laughs> Look, the They're last pe- thing those carnies need is a bunch of fucking cops nosing around <laughs> <laughs> they're professionals man exactly you get it you get it you got three dead you bury them real quick and get the fuck out of dodge <laughs> yeah they're like a, it's like a gypsy caravan it is a gypsy caravan they're like all right bearded lady you're gonna have to have an extra long set tonight and she's just like oh no <laughs> do you think they maybe the like if some of this stuff happens like they find someone to take the fall <laughs> <laughs> like if it wasn't two phases, like other instances, I bet they've they've arranged things. Some some like fellow carnies that are gonna do some carny time and not say anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then when you come back, lion tamer, I guess. Sure, <laughs> <Lion> <laughs> whatever you want. So which is, which is kind of the king of the circus is the lion tamer. Absolutely. Uh so speaking of breaking into that closet, another big annoying thing is he uh, he being Dick Grayson steals the Batmobile, which like you're dropping balls left and right, Alfred. And like yeah, Bruce Wayne's trying to get something going with Nicole Kidman, anything to see if anything fits. And <laughs> Alfred has to call him and just be like, "Look, you know, things are going on at your house. That that boy you had running around took your car, and it's like, oh fuck, I mean, <laughs> he took my car and my wallet. <laughs> he's, he's like Matthew McConaughey in The Paper Boy. He's just fucking tied up and beaten to shit." 
But yeah, he he steals the Batmobile and drives onto the set of the Wiz, and like <laughs> everyone's like protect like it's just this bullshit Oz scenario where everyone's in black light and like this is the toughest gang in Gotham is the black light gang. Which where are the black lights coming from? Because they are outside, well, and um, this entire alleyway is covered in it. Once they establish their turf, this is what they do. They replace all of the lights inside the, um, the street lights and the oh, lampposts. Oh, yeah. So it's just, oh, that's just blacklight town, buddy. And you know who's not going to do a goddamn thing about it? The Gotham Police Department. Gave the boys a night off again. <laughs> oh, no, the black lights are in town. I hope Batman's coming soon. <laughs> oh, look, Jeopardy. <laughs> So he rolls up and like some woman's getting bullied by these people. She's the oh, I think it's because she turned a corner and she's the only one not wearing black light makeup on her face. That's the thing is once you get you just walk, you're trying to go home and then all of a sudden your shirt starts going Leon Green. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm in the wrong part of town. Well, how stupid is this chick, though? Like you see a purple, you know, aura coming from around <laughs> the corner. You're like, you know what? Maybe I should take a left. And go around Blacklight Town. But, like, you got to also think, like, okay, now, like, if the clothes I have on, are they, bla- do they work well enough in Blacklight that it'll look like I'm, it, I'm wearing gang colors <laughs> I'm and I can there, pass yeah. through real quick? Well, I think the thing that gives it away is not so much the clothes, but the lack of face paint. Oh. Because everyone has skeletons drawn right, on their face right. in Blacklight paint. And you need, like, a, a mohawk or a shaved head or a, less, a wacky, wacky do. <laughs> You yeah, you need like a the, wacky dude. The scarecrow or the tin man or God knows what. So Batman, <laughs> Robin gets himself into some trouble. Like, he's a really excellent fighter, so he beats everybody but up. He, he but make, he makes out with a babe. Oh, he does? Yeah, exactly. He like, saves that babe, and he's just like, she's like, oh, are you Batman? And he's just like, yeah, that's right, mush. Which is so stupid, because, like, listen, they're really outnumbered, okay? And, like, yeah, he fights a couple of them off and whatever. And this chick's like, well, hey, aren't you going to kiss the girl? And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. And I'm like, they're going to rape both of you. Like, get yeah. out of there. Go make out later in the Batmobile. Exactly. Somewhere. Get them back in the Batmobile is your number one priority. <laughs> and he's got this line. It's like, I get used to this superhero stuff. The line or the word superhero is used way too much in this movie. It should never be used. No, it never <laughs> I mean, should. Honestly, like, it yes, should Batman be... is a superhero, no, but like he's he a vigilante. Yes, exactly. It That's is... the other thing about it. Yeah. You know, I could get used to this vigilante stuff. <laughs> it doesn't have the same thing to it, right? It's like. I'm, I, I get off by beating people in the well, well, you can't put, I could get used to this vigilante stuff in the trailer or the McDonald's commercial or wherever the would, fuck this movie turned out. I would up. love Charles Bronson saying that in the Death Wish trailer. I could uh, get used to this vigilante stuff. <laughs> yeah. My hey, Puerto Rican guy. Blam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, entire drug gang. Kaboom. <laughs> Batman and Robin. <laughs> I'm Batman. And Lee Marvin is rubbing. <laughs> I would love every frame of that movie. It's just two of the most pissed off men you've ever seen, frustrated that it's their responsibility to take care of this. And George C. Scott is fucking Commissioner Gordon. Yes! That's some hard-boiled hard eggs. Man, let me tell you something. If he, that beautiful soul had lived long enough... To see the Nolan Batmans, 
I would have been pissed off that he wasn't cast as some sort of commissioner or something. Like, like maybe he's the 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 old commissioner, you know, that gets bombed in that second movie. Like, if he was just like, all right, I gotta get in my car. Where are you gonna take? I don't need protective custody. This is a blammo. I'm a man. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Joker's on TV again. Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> So Batman ba- and Robin. <laughs> hey, Robin. Why don't you put your suit on? We've got some things to do. Can Robin, I- it's a little weird that you are notably older than I am, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> God, I want to see that so bad. <laughs> God damn it, Bruce. That's not even a Lee Marvin. There's another thing you need to remember about me, Bruce, and is that I made you. <laughs> Or something like that. So the thing that's really displayed here that's annoying is so Batman swoops in and you know gets all these actual gangsters out of here. They're like, oh, no, it's the Batman and all that <laughs> stuff. And then he proceeds to get in the Batmobile at this point, I think, because doesn't Two-Face come around? No, you're getting a little confused. There's so many scenes that start one way right. and end in a Two-Face chase. <laughs> well, so and that's like that. There's like every scene that you might enjoy starts one way, then Two-Face goes, <laughs> And he comes out, and he just kill <laughs> tries to kill somebody. And Batman has to drive around in his fucking light mobile. Well, and but this is what I wanted to bring up. So the ridiculous, I hated whenever the Batmobile got too technologically advanced. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it drives up the side of a building. No fucking thanks. Batman's driving Harvey up a wall. <laughs> Hey, Robin, get in my old Cadillac. <laughs> we'll call it a Bitmobile. <laughs> They'll never suspect us driving around in this. Actually, that's funny you mentioned that. You ever watch any of those old Batman serials? Oh, man, did I? Where they did not have the rights to say Batmobile, so they just drive around in a car. <laughs> it's so awesome. He's like, now get in, boy wonder. And then it's just like a fucking caddy. And they're just it's driving awesome. It's no better. The, the best of those old serials you could watch is there's old Superman serials. Oh, where yeah. The way they did special effects for Superman was he would a, a, a grown man would run behind a car and a little bubbly cartoon would fly out. <laughs> like it was just like a little, it was like a little Nemo just flew right out. Was that the way they did it with the dude that killed himself? George Reeve? No, that was just like bad wire. Like that was just bad, like you know, matte painting just standing oh, there being I like. See. So it was, it's, it was before the George oh, no, Reeve? No, it was like third, 1930. Oh, really? Yeah, like old, old, old. Oh, so that means not only was it bad acting, it was also probably really bad cartooning. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was something. <laughs> One thing about Batman uh, in this movie, which is kind of like his whole arc, is that he represses the death of his parents. Correct. Which is retarded. Yes. Because this is, if there's one thing Bruce Wayne wakes up knowing every fucking day is the day that his mom got his, her brains blown out. Like that's yes. the whole point of the whole thing. And he's like, we're treated to all these like dreams that he's having. And then at one point he has like the really big dream that unearths a bunch of shit. And it's like Val Kilmer walking around in the dream world. He's having like flashbacks. He's like, he's back in. Gotham. <laughs> For you know, a change. Other Gotham. <laughs> but he, the, but what pisses me off is like they, they swapped out Bruce, little Bruce Wayne's here. And I prefer, I personally prefer a fat little Bruce Wayne, like a little, a little rich kid just 
suck it down the teat of the working man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh Mumsy and Daddy, I hope, I hope I never have to get a job. And then, like, you know, fucking <laughs> life shows up, and he, uh, he life chisels that kid. You know what uh, I mean? Honestly, exactly. It's the best thing you can do for a kid with a trust fund. <laughs> Blow his parents away. In front I, of him. I think we should start. I mean. <laughs> Then you're getting all that trust fund money sooner, though. Well, you know, then it's sink or swim. You Your know? murderous plan is counterintuitive to what you would like to do to these people. No, no, no. I, you, you're, you're acting like I got ill will against the child. I just want to make a man out of them. <laughs> Fair enough. You just want to take them out back and show them what it's like. <laughs> By the way, a sweet Yep, Eric Siska's public school. <laughs> public school for rich kids. <laughs> yeah. By the way, a sweet-ass Elseworlds comic book series I'd like to see is everything happens. Bruce Wayne's parents get killed, everything like that. But Alfred's a real shit, and all he wants to do is swindle Bruce out of that fucking trust fund. Oh, God, wouldn't that be great? And he just like, like he just keeps trying to murder him. He's trying to give him all this soup that has, like, fucking chlorine in it. <laughs> this is starting to remind me of our episode on The Glass House. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Which, of any new listeners, that's a classic app. <laughs> There's Eric like, uh, Siska's classic app. <laughs> I'll be spinning them all night from 12 to 5. <laughs> they make reference at one point to Alfred formerly working at Buckingham Palace. Stop. Just oh. everyone stop it. And we're some, so rich, we're going to hire the Queen's butler. Yeah, well, he's like, because it's when, you know, he's like, uh, oh, I don't want to be Batman anymore and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, I guess I could then go back to Buckingham Palace. Like, what? You think you have that much clout with the royal family still? You show up like 20, 30 years after you left that job being a servant in Buckingham Palace. They're like, know who the hell you are, old man. Yeah, get out. He's not going to pass the field exam. They'd they, they probably torture him and put him in prison. The Tower of London. So, uh, oh, by the way, also, yes. one real quick thing. This movie takes a real turn from most superhero movies because you know what? The main superhero decides not to be a superhero anymore in the middle of it. That's never fucking happened before in anything. One of those Spider-Mans did that, right? Superman I, 2 did that. <laughs> oh, and they're right. all doing it. Oh, right. Oh. oh, excuse me. I thought you were... Okay. No, he was being facetious. Sometimes you can't tell in this show. <laughs> so what they, what they wind up doing in this movie to really cripple the bat is, you know, kind of what Ra's al Ghul does successfully in Batman Begins, which is break into Wayne Manor in some capacity and really fuck things up good. But the way that they do it in this movie is so incredibly stupid. So it's Halloween, because <laughs> why not? And Bruce Wayne invites Dr. Chase Meridian over for a little Halloween date, and he's going to, you know, spill the beans and whatnot and finally come clean about who he is and who he wants to be and where he's going and where he sees himself in five <laughs> years and whatever. And Alfred is taking trick-or-treaters at the door. Now, if I have my layout of Gotham City correct, isn't Wayne Manor out in the middle of God knows where? It is, like, past the city limits, in hill country. Uh, the Palisades, I think you should... That's within similar limbs. I think you should learn where your jurisdiction starts and ends. Holy shit, that just happened. But yeah, no, it, it, who's taking these kids out there? Also, it's definitely a drive, a drive and treat. Yeah. <laughs> 
wouldn't Halloween be a bit gauche in Bo- Gotham City? Like it's yeah, it's Halloween every day, every ding dong day. I mean, those everyone sees dead bodies every day. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing more horrifying than living in Gotham. It's like costumes are terrifying. Like, you see somebody in a costume, you run the other way, right? And like every every criminal is wearing a costume. And why would you ever do this? Why would I Halloween feel ever like this is what has to happen in Gotham City, right? They're like, listen, we can't have the festival of Samhain celebrated in this town. <laughs> like, it's just too terrifying the other 364 days. So we're going to have a day of pleasantries where everyone goes from house to house and greets each other, says hello, maybe exchanges a book with somebody. Everybody dresses to the nines. No masks allowed. Exactly. Everyone wears name tags. <laughs> I know it cost Dinkins the election. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So the kids run away, and then fucking two, poor Tommy Lee Jones has to get down on his fifty-eight-year-old knees and put a mask <laughs> on his face and go trick or treat. And like, Alfred's like, "Oh, I guess it's a bunch of trick or treaters." And you know what? It's just obviously true, grown men. Like I don't know. I mean, you know what, Alfred? Maybe it's past your bedtime. Like, <laughs> let Bruce answer the door at this point. And they break in. Alfred is hit over the head. Which, by the way, Michael Go in this movie, he's dead. He's just dead. And it's another. You know what? Like I was watching this on a Blu-ray. Totally oh, yeah. not Michael Go falling with a tray of silver. <laughs> it's fucking Frank Stallone with a gray wig on. <laughs> so then, so then Bruce Batman comes out and he's just like, "Hey, uh, Harvey, you brought uh, two faces too many." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that my, my terrible Bronson. Two faces too many. The Batman, the Bronson Batman sequel. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and Batman gets fucking shot in the head at this point. Which it's like, oh, whatever, everybody. It just kind of wings him. One quick thing about Tommy Lee Jones, which is, I, I think this is kind of a David Cross bit, so I won't do it too much, but it is really evident in this, which is the world's biggest bullshit a celebrity ever says is, oh, why did you take this really, like, commercial role? Like, you go to a respected actor, you're like, why did you take this commercial role in this, like, kids movie? It's like, well, my kids love it. Like, yeah. No, that means Joel Schumacher drove a physical dump truck full of money to your house <laughs> and said, hey, be in my cartoon show. I mean, <laughs> could you even, like, say, though, that, like, your kids are loving you in this movie? He said he said his, his son's, I wouldn't have done it, but my son's favorite character was Two-Face. Oh, really? He, he went on record? Yeah, he went on record with that bullshit. Which that is, is, that's some grade-A bullshit. If I, if, if my dad did that to me and then came like, what the fuck, dad? It's all of a variety. Why are you, why are you pinning this one on me? You ruined my favorite character. <laughs> He stole my story. <laughs> <laughs> so they break in the Wayne Manor and they just start tearing the place to shreds. And this is, you want to talk about Jim Carrey and Overdrive. When the Riddler destroys the Batcave, it is just flat out fucking irritating. He's, he's humping all over the place. He's narrating everything he does. He pretends to be a baseball player at he's, one point. He's throwing all these little green bats with little question marks on them that are bombs. It's very King Koopa. <laughs> it's very King Koopa. But what's really annoying about this scene is 
Well, there's a lot. But the main <laughs> annoyances I find with this movie is, one, Jim Carrey uses the word joygasm. Yeah, he does. Glick. And then the other thing is... Jiminy. <laughs> the other thing is... Uh, and this is a fuck you to the sound department. There is a lot of, like... Uh, uh, non-diegetic sound effects going around. So, like, when he's pretending to be a baseball player, there's a baseball stadium organ. Boom, 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 boom. There's a lot of boy oy 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 oings going he around. He grabs his dick and it goes boy oy oy oing. Like, there's some, like, a horn honking. Like, what is going on? And, yeah, you're, that fucking cock grab <laughs> it was, like, the cherry on top for this. This scene was mixed by Dr. Demento. Like, it's just... <laughs> Anything that you could find. And now the Riddler is going to destroy the Batcave. <laughs> cuckoo, cuckoo. And that's, I mean, that's the scene. It's so frustrating. But another thing that I wanted to bring up here, because it's a, it's a, it's a stranger entering the Batcave, much like we saw earlier when Robin slides in. So I guess the way that this Bruce Wayne has the the whole back cave set up is when someone who's not supposed to be there enters the premises a computer voice just says intruder alert a bunch and everything turns on and all the secrets come out because it's like <laughs> intruder alert intruder alert the computer console fires up the batmobile rises up out of the ground all the lights are coming on <laughs> like where is the machine gun to just put a bunch of fucking holes in this guy maybe batman's been trying to fix this forever <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's like what's the, wrong. it's like the autopilot on the bat. He just couldn't get it fixed. Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the VCR flashing twelve. Like I I can't get it. I mean the technology's not all there yet. They're driving around in nineteen fifties cars in this, and it, unless this is Havana, I think. <laughs> I think there's a little, we can play a little bit of every time here, I'm sure, but still. (laughs) Maybe Gotham is in Havana. We don't know. It's not in New York. It could be anywhere. So let's just get to it. The final ridiculousness of this movie. Batman and Robin finally team up. Desi Arnaz as the Riddler. Ooh. In against, uh, against, uh, Bronson. Bronson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, an aged Desi Arnaz. Batman. He can do yes. the Cuban beat Pete thing. It's, it's 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 as if we have Jim Carrey. Thank God, Lee Marvin. We got a, we got ourselves a Cuban to kill. I love nothing more than killing Cubans. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but Batman Robin finally wears Batman down because like the whole thing is like once he finds out he's Batman, he's like, come on, let me be your partner. And he's like, look, you know, all you. He's like, I want to be your partner, and I want to fucking kill Two Face. And <laughs> Batman's like, uh, all right, well, let's just relax. <laughs> Meanwhile, Batman's got like three deaths. This, this Batman, who's kind of the continuation of Michael Keaton's Batman, has got three deaths on his belt anyway. Like, he just kills people throughout this entire movie. What is the body count in 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 the first two movies? I he mean, kills the Joker, kind of, or no? He, he tries to save the Joker, though, doesn't he? Wait in. 1989? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the first two movies, he kills right and left. He loves killing in those movies. He, he does? Kills, he okay. kills the, in, in Batman he, Returns. He, he puts a, a bomb on that fat guy's chest and walks away? Yeah, no, it's really crazy. <laughs> Why would they... I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. They did it. But it's really stupid to take away, like, the character's main code of honor. (laughs) It's just right out the fucking window. Because it's easier to kill, like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to, it's anticlimactic for somebody to go to jail, so you kill them at the end. (laughs) I almost think, like, they don't really even instate that rule in the movies until The Dark Knight. 
Yeah. Like, like even uh-huh. it begins, it's just like, well, pff, fuck you. <laughs> kill, kill all these people in this Chinese jail. <laughs> but yeah, so like Robin wears him down and he's like, all right, but you know, we don't kill in this. That number one, Robin, I, you don't, you know, there's nothing to be gained by killing people. Put that in your back fucking pocket. <laughs> There's nothing to be gained by taking his life. Well, I only want to kill one of his faces. <laughs> so uh, now it's time to sell some action figures. So everybody has a new <laughs> costume. Everybody gets into their new, like, little coop sets. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like little jet ski boats and things. And... It is insane. Like, they walk into the Batcave and they're like, wow, somebody had fun. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, well, let's go get him. And, like, Bruce Wayne pushes one button and like a new bat suit comes out, a boat pops up and a fucking plane falls out of the ceiling. And I was like, you know what? The Riddler missed a lot of things. Or he just typed in some cheat cheat codes. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden, Alfred knows how to meld rubber. So like within two minutes, like he's just like, I made you, uh, I made Master Dick a, a very nice Robin costume. And then, you know, like Bruce turns around and he's like, oh, wow, that looks like it took a lot of time. I noticed it was getting pretty dusty around here. <laughs> <laughs> and he shoves him once. Not, not to make him fall down, just to know he could shove him. Yeah, exactly. He's letting Alfred know he's willing <laughs> to shove him. That's, it's the key difference. Let's here. think about all the time Alfred put in on these, on the nipples and the cod piece on this Robin outfit. Good. Yeah, if, if, God. Alfred is the one making these costumes, <laughs> by the way. I think he is. I think he's a tailor, yeah. What do you think of the codpiece, Master Dick? I, I, I don't I feel a little I feel a little exposed in this, Al. What why the nipples? What's the tactical advantage on the nipples? Oh, that's uh that's just to to tamper wind resistance. <laughs> and they're built to scale. I came into your room last night. <laughs> I got a mold of both of your nipples. They'll and, fit right in. And you'll notice your codpiece is the same like a glove. <laughs> I molded I molded you all. <laughs> I molded all my boys. <laughs> oh, God. I, and if you ever pass, I have my boy molds and I can make my real dolls. Don't worry, Master Dick. You'll live forever with me. <laughs> oh, Alfred and the Real Man? That's a terrifying movie. <laughs> Alfred and the Batman. <laughs> I so, bet you Alfred would get his doll a fucking job at a hospital, too. That yeah, fucking movie. Gotham City wouldn't stand for it. They'd fucking run and run out of town. Yeah. Not like that fucking sleepy Maine, oh, uh, whatever. You know what? Gotham, they might not even notice and stuff will go wrong. Like, they'll just make, they'll make the doll the new oh, police Oh, it's Rubber Man. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, Rub- exactly. I'm a villain. Rubber they thought man. he was a villain. Like, oh, it's Doll Man. <laughs> <laughs> so... Batman takes off in the Batwing, and Robin takes off in the Batboat, and we go head-on into the biggest plot hole of this movie. It's enormous. Explain. So the, the only way uh, the Riddler learns who uh, Bruce Wayne is by is when he went to the magic machine and he found out that he likes bats. Ergo, he's Batman. So he knows everything about Bruce Wayne, except really that he has this kind of border living in his house, and... Because Robin isn't there when when they storm the castle or anything. They don't see any Robin costumes, any kind of... There's no idea... Robin doesn't know he's Robin yet at that point. Right. And so when at the at, at the last act, when he's like, I'm going to be Robin, all of a sudden, the Riddler's prepared. And he knows that he's going to be attacked from... T- that would be the greatest tactical advantage. Like, no one expects me coming because I'll take... But no... Well, th- I, guess, just- I guess, I guess like, you could you could say, like, oh, they, like, two... Fi- like... Robin thwarted Two Face before, but it was like 
it's kind of a leap to assume that then he is working with Batman. Well, especially because even even if Tommy Lee Jones is going to make that assumption, the Riddler's not listening to him because the Riddler is the brains of this. Well, operation. maybe um, the Two Face sat down for some three D TV, and that that info <laughs> got sucked into the sky. Or maybe Robin. I mean, this is a bratty ass kid. I mean, he's now living with the high life. Maybe he got himself a. Uh, you know, Enigma box to watch. <laughs> I need Enigma box. But like, I mean, the the preparedness level of him is ridiculous because he's almost more prepared for an attack by by sea. Like the bat boats yeah, going, what the fuck? and like they blow that up, and then there's scuba diving villains right out of the set of Thunderball <laughs> that swim up and start fighting him. The funniest thing about the bat boat blowing up is like it's this very clear, like cool, like sleek metal thing with lights with lights all over it the second that thing blows up it's a plank of wood it's like clink, clink, clink. it's the fucking wreckage out of the end of jaws it's just <laughs> floating in gotham harbor by the way everyone buy hasbro board games because to set this up <laughs> they're playing two-face and the riddler are playing a game of battleship oh my god and that is how they are blowing up the bat boat and the so not only are they anticipating uh robin they're anticipating it happening then and they're having jokes about it <laughs> totally they have a whole game set up the time on this island by the way is zero like yes. you, you figure like you think about uh the first movie oh, oh man batman has to fight his way all the way up the tower and the, all those awesome awesome fights Totally. No, no henchmen to be found. All of Two Faces' leather daddies are totally gone. <laughs> they get onto the island. They both swim ashore where Robin utters this. Holy rusted metal, Batman! And you're all supposed to fucking laugh at it. But what's great is after he says holy rusted metal, Batman, Val Kilmer's reactions are hilarious because he's just like, what? And then, like, you know, Chris <laughs> O'Donnell explains and he's like, uh. <laughs> it's like he's barely even trying to keep up with this scene but so when they get into the main area or whatever like batman's scaling this thing of course the island has to rise out of the sea and it's on a big fucking column and now it's in the air and batman's in one place and robin's going in another place and two-face successfully kidnaps him the point i'm trying to make is when they get into the main area where they're going to have the final standoff they've also prepared two chambers one for Chase Meridian, who they already have, and then this other one for Robin, who they don't know is going to be there in the first place. And it, all it takes is one. Holy shit, there's two of them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a fine line. Exactly. Better kill one. And yeah, it's just a bullshit. Like, we're going to drop them both and you got to figure out which one to save, Batman. Mm -hmm. This woman, you know, that you're supposedly in love with, or this man that you've been living with, which one? Who are you, Batman? Figure it out right now. And he's like, oh, my God. Batman's like, oh, my God. Maybe I can have it both ways. Like one of, <laughs> like one of those ACDCs. <laughs> so they both drop. And we've learned earlier that Batman... The only bat suit that's left, and this is kind of another plot hole, is like the only bat suit that's left is some sonar fucking thing that he hasn't tested out yet, and it does nothing. He distracts them by saying a riddle and then throws a batarang at the big 
Riddler machine and it explodes and then he jumps down and he saves both of them. I don't understand how this fucking Batman neck suit thing has anything to do with that. No, it has no. nothing to do with anything. <laughs> and I don't understand how he's able, he's taking out his goddamn batarang and it's like putting it, he's basically putting it together from scratch. <laughs> he really it's is. Like, he's like cleaning his rifle in front of these guys. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's, it's jammed. Hold on, guys. Click, click, click. And, and, and Riddler and Two-Face are just standing there going, Okay, uh-huh, we'll wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. And then he just does it. And it's like, why didn't anyone stop him? And he, Sugar and Spice are there. They could have done something. <laughs> and essentially, the way the Riddler is is beaten, the world's greatest genius, he throws a fucking batarang at a chandelier. Like, that's it. And that somehow makes the Riddler, like, filled with even more of people's IQs and whatnot because everyone's still using the Enigma like the, box. Like, it just becomes like a dump. He like, like just dumps into his head instead of like just yeah, digesting there. It's, it's just there. a little bit of a thicker stream of brain juice. And I mean, I'm glad that we have it, but like the the amount of little asides that Jim Carrey has in this movie, it's it's innumerable. Like the amount <laughs> the amount of like actual dialogue that he says is like five lines. Everything else is a fucking aside. To it's that it's like that great Simpsons Rodney Dangerfield joke where at some point he's like, "Hey, who the hell am I talking to?" Because <laughs> it's for no one's benefit. Like I feel you're. I mean, you're right. He's got like five lines of dialogue, and everything else is a riff. Jim just riff. He plays a game show announcer twice in the beginning <laughs> and then the end. And his final words before getting complete and utter brain damage are, "Bummer, great, great, congratulations." And then, speaking of Batman murdering people, the end of this movie is Batman murdering Two Face. In case anyone, you know thought for a second he was sticking to this code he spends the whole movie saying to robin like don't kill anyone man because he's going to be dead and then your revenge is not going to be you know quenched and whatnot but the way he kills him again with the presumptuousness of these characters two-face has a gun on him and they're standing on this scaffolding and he's like oh hey harvey Remember your character trait about flipping a <laughs> coin whenever you do something? Yeah, he has to remind him to do it. <laughs> hey, remember your psychological trait? Oh, yeah. Maybe that wasn't even in the script. And, and like, and like, it's like Tommy Lee's not doing it again. He <laughs> keeps on forgetting. <laughs> it's just Val Kilmer reminding him. <laughs> so, uh, Tommy, aren't you going to have a long speech about your father? Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> and so Two-Face flips this coin and... Thank God Batman thought ahead because in his back bat pocket, he's got a stack of silver dollar coins that he just throws at him. Well, to be fair, I know from that wonderful shot what he puts on the sonar bat suit, what Val Kilmer's asshole looks like. And he's got no <laughs> back pockets in that thing. Yeah, it's just buns of steel. <laughs> that's all that's back there. So it's, I don't know, he magicians these coins out of nowhere and throws them. And, you know, Two-Face is trying to catch the one that's his. And he falls to his death. That is a direct bat murder. Yeah, oh, he kills the shit out of him. And that's the end of the movie. They fucking run towards the camera and Bono starts singing. Mm, terrific. <laughs> This movie was real fucking tedious. It's really tedious. And I don't know. I mean, it's proof that kids are stupid is what is happening here. 
because I hadn't seen this movie since the early or the late nineties. Like, right. I probably hadn't seen this movie since I had it on tape. I mean, right. I could have told you kids were stupid. No, but, but, you but, watch I mean, it. but this is what I'm saying though. Like I haven't seen it since then. Right, right, and right. I've been going around for years being like, no, I like Batman forever. I had this conversation with Chris when the Blu-rays came out and I was like, no, 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 it's totally fine. Batman forever is still good. It's way better than that Batman and Robin. And like I said earlier, I said Jim Carrey was the best part of this movie. Well, that's kind of the the trick that those movies play on you is the fourth one is was such a disappointment to everyone. At least this one, like people weren't expecting it and people were like, oh, that's kind of different. A lot of people were turned off by Batman Returns. They're like, finally, something I could take my fucking kids to, you know? (laughs) So like at least there was that element to it. But everyone had this like idea of like, oh, man, that that last one was terrible. The third one's not so bad, but it's it's so bad. So how would we rate these? Let's do it real quick. I, f- I feel we should rate the Batmans. All your, right. Your, your, your favorite to your most hated. Okay, Eric. out of all the titles. Here we go. Uh, number one, I'll put The Dark Knight because I'm like everyone else. Uh, <laughs> number two, Batman 1989. Number three, Batman Begins. Four, Dark Knight Rises. Five, Batman Adam West. I love the camp. Uh, six, Batman Returns. Seven, Batman Forever. Eight, Batman and Robin. I'm not counting uh, Mask of the Phantasm because I never saw it. Fair All enough. right, Steve. Okay. Uh, first, I have The Dark Knight as a change of pace. Uh, number two is Batman Mask of the Phantasm, nice. which I have seen, Eric. Well, <laughs> number three okay. is Batman Returns. Number four is uh, Nicholson and Keaton's Batman. Number five is The Dark Knight Rises. Number six is The 60s Batman, which I also love, Camp, but I think that movie is everything this movie wants to be and like a million times more. Uh, Batman Begins is after that. Then, But I think all those movies are good movies, and then you've got Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Mm -hmm. Okay. So coming from left field for me, number one is The Dark Knight. Whoa. I know. Look out. You know Heath Ledger's in that movie? Do you know, do you know he died? I kind of oh, heard sad. something about yeah. that. That's, that's <laughs> oh, that's sad. Uh, Batman 89, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises, Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Returns, Batman 66. Solo only because I feel it, I, it deserves a rewatch. I only saw it once. And then right now, because I am going to go back and watch that Batman and Robin Forever and Batman and Robin are tied at the bottom of this list. And only time can tell for me, as far as I'm concerned. Because I, I, I'm not convinced at this point that this is the better of those two movies. And you want to talk about, I mean, like, the, the camp factor of the 60s, like, those were comedic fucking actors. And they got it. And they did yep. everything. Like, and, like, it was an ensemble piece. And oh, no yeah. one's just screaming their I head mean, off to be looked at. I, that's why, like, Batman Returns, it's like, I can't watch that Penguin knowing Burgess Meredith is out there. That's fair. That's a total <laughs> that's fair. That's totally so, fair. To wrap to wrap this up, just to like, no one is recommending Batman Forever. Just so everyone knows <laughs> no, out there, if you haven't seen it, it's not worth getting it into the Batman canon. I don't think. No, I, I agree, and I mean, uh, I do think that this was a bad decision. Like ba- Batman Returns, I think is is much maligned. It's it is Batman without Batman, hundred percent. But it's it's still a good ass Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. The whole Penguin arc, I think, is fantastic. It's. One of my favorite Danny DeVito performances, even though he's repugnant. Yeah, I'm a monster. <laughs> he, and he's just all this black stuff coming out of my mouth. <laughs> For no fucking reason. He is just the most repugnant beast. 
That was a HeadGum Podcast.